I'm April Willis, and you're listening to the Unbound Outdoors Collective, the podcast where us ladies get to chat unapologetically about hunting, fishing, all things outdoors, and our experiences within. In this podcast episode, I'm chatting with my friend Marie Hutchison about her experiences coming into tournament fishing. She's had some really tough tournament experiences that have helped her grow as an awesome angler. And she's going to tell us all about the emotions, getting out of your comfort zone, and even give a few tidbits of advice to the ladies hoping to get started. All right, so I'm here with Marie Hutchison, and we are going to talk tournament fishing. Marie just got off the water from one of her open water tournaments and she's got um, a whole bunch of learning moments and advice for those who want to get into tournaments. Um, So just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from, how old you are, kind of family life, how you got into fishing. Sure. Um, I currently live in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm 38 years old. Uh, married to my husband, John, and we have three kids, uh, 16, 13, and eight. So they keep us really busy. Um, For fishing, I think it's always just kind of been part of my family lifestyle. My dad grew up, or when I grew up, sorry, my dad was always uh, an avid hunter. I remember, you know, him going goose hunting and deer hunting. And then my mom is the youngest of 10 kids so five of them being men boys um, they all are very avid outdoorsmen Um, one of them even started like a predominant fly and fishing lodge in Manitoba so you know I always grew up around people in the outdoors fishing hunting those kind of uh, activities so I feel like it's always just kind of been part of my life Mm -hmm. Um, yeah (laughs) Did your, did your husband grow up fishing, hunting, any of those kinds of things? No. So it's funny that you say that because when we got together, when I grew up, my uncle had a place at the Heather um, Fish and Game Lodge, I believe it's called, in Lac de Bonnet. And he used to, when they weren't using it, like my cousins and them, he would allow like my family to come up because we didn't have any property like that and stay at their cabin, use their boat and, you know, go fishing and stuff like that. So I remember like, very vividly growing up always if I was fishing it was always in a boat out on the water and so when I met my husband he was like oh I love fishing and I was like whoa wow I'm like do you guys have a boat and he was like no we shore fish and I was like well what's shore fishing like that was (laughs) mind-boggling I had no idea and he's explaining a pickerel rig and I was like what are you talking about like it was just so like two totally different lifestyles, right? Like Mm -hmm. both have the same passion for the outdoors and for fishing, but just grew up differently, like doing the activity in a different way. So when he introduced me to shore fishing, I was like, I don't know. Like at first I was like, I don't think I can get behind this. And then like, obviously I've I've changed my stance on it, but he's also changed the stance on, you know, fishing and in a boat and things like that. So, but it's just, you know, different growing up styles and, his family was very, you know, lived in an apartment, uh, city oriented and things like that. And like mm-hmm. my family was more like country, outdoors, boats, lakes, that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's really cool. It's uh, it's kind of, <laughs> that's sort of similar to like my hunting situation is my husband, he grew up in town and I grew up like very much rural on the farm in the middle of nowhere. And they deer hunted 
but he tells me all the time that they did a lot of like bush pushing and group hunting when that was kind of more a thing and i was just like i have never pushed a bush in my life like <laughs> like is that dad, the idea of like scaring out a deer from the bush yeah yeah oh. and that's like a thing that you know that they used to do a long time ago it was kind of like they would just sort of like pick a, a a big bush and they would have people that would kind of walk through really slowly and then they'd have somebody on point which is like out in the field and you know that person would have to wait until the deer made made a like a safe distance from the bush and like so that they could shoot in a proper direction and all that kind of stuff and this is like yeah this is a way that they like that people That's used so to do it that's so bizarre yeah. to me because again my family like my dad i you know he always had like not a trap like there was a line right like a trap line or like a trail yeah. and they would always sit on a trail and just wait for the deer to come to them I've never mm -hmm. heard of I've never heard of bush pushing I know and I like I knew about it but I had never done it I was the same thing when I was young and still living at home and even like into you know university when I would get a chance to come home and hunt I was like my dad puts me in the best spot right he puts me <laughs> on the trail I'm like I don't do this bush pushing thing my husband's yeah. like okay whatever like I don't want to sit still for that long <laughs> Okay. I guess it's fair. I mean, there's two different kinds of people for everything, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's exactly. really neat. I've never, I've never heard of bush pushing. Yep. So it's, it's kind of cool. Cause you like, I don't know, you, you get to know somebody and then, I don't know, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've come to respect other people's decisions or the way that they do things. And then as soon as you start to kind of have that sort of mindset, then you can actually like learn a thing or two. And yeah, so for sure. Learn all about something new. Yeah, no, there's definitely, there's no right way to do anything, right? Mm -hmm. So as long as you're open-minded about things, then there's definitely yeah. lots to learn. That's right. So, okay, well, so speaking about new things and getting into new things, um, how did how did you get into tournament fishing? Um, it's, I don't even really know how it all like kind of just snowballed. When we started ice fishing, which was probably about seven years ago, we always participated in like little derbies, like kid fish. Like mm -hmm. we always do kid fish because the, the charity, the children's hospital is always like super close to our hearts because of, you know, some tragic family events that have happened in our lives and to the people that we love as well. And mm -hmm. so the children's hospital was always a big, you know, thing for them. So we always support the kids fish. And then we've participated in the Flinty up North and things like that. And so we've gone up there for their ice fishing derbies and stuff like that. And it's usually honestly more about hanging out with your friends and maybe catching some fish if you get lucky kind mm -hmm. of. And then when COVID hit, I was kind of looking for a reason to push myself to be outdoors because you weren't allowed to hang out with anybody. And that was mm -hmm. a big premise of when we went ice fishing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you go out ice fishing again with your friends and you're, you're having a good time, you're catching some fish and it's just like a, it's a hang, but it's out, also outdoors doing things that you love. So when COVID hit, all the little derbies were canceled. You weren't allowed to hang out with your friends anywhere. Um, I was just honestly trying to find something to push myself to go outside of the house. And right. so again, this uh, ice fishing derby came up and it was an individual person entry, relatively inexpensive. And it was over like the span, I want to say like two or three weeks or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And it was on your own time as well. So I was like, well, who can't fit this in, right? You go down the weekends and, you know, it, it gives you a, a reason to leave the house, something to do. So I just started fishing in that. And then 
as it was going on, I started to, sorry, no, I would say more pushing myself to get out of the house. And so at first, John had a, an operation at the beginning of this tournament and he wasn't able to get out with me. And I was really nervous because at this point I had never gone out ice fishing without him. He had always been there. He'd always drilled the holes. He'd always, you know, like we'd set up the shack and stuff and all that together. But like I had never done it start to finish by myself. And so this tournament also helped me gain more confidence in myself. So I, because he was, you know, uh, laid up in bed and stuff and he couldn't get out, I took it upon myself. I invited friends out. I I invited my girlfriend out who had never been ice fishing before. And I did it all myself. And I, up until I did it, I didn't think that I could. And so it was honestly, it was like this really amazing motivational thing just for myself to prove that, you know, like you don't always have to, like, there's so many things that you can do on your own Mm -hmm. that you don't, unless you try it, you're not going to realize that you can do it. Yeah, you just kind of need to push yourself to get out of your comfort zone. A hundred percent. So yeah, yeah. As the as the the tournament went on and stuff like that, and I invited out like random friends and things like that, and they weren't involved in the tournament at all. Mm-hmm. But it, I just like to have somebody there in case you know, like you're there's an injury or things like that, right? Like mm-hmm. so, you have people with you. But yeah, as I was participating in this tournament and taking people out and gaining more confidence in my angling skills, I was also moving up in the standings and. I was like a whole other feeling to me because I don't have anything in my life that created this like drive or this like excitement or like adrenaline where it's just like, oh, like if I, if I get another one, that's maybe even a little bit bigger than this, like then I'll be here. And it was just like, it was a competition against myself because it wasn't, it was online. Mm -hmm. I wasn't competing against like in my mind, it wasn't like real people. It was just an online thing. And you would, you know, you submit your fish and then you'd be at home one night and then you know you get a notification that somebody's you know gotten they've moved up higher than you and then you're like oh and then like Uh-oh. you're excited to get out <laughs> and right. you're excited like so I don't know I just I started getting like into it and it was just pushing me and driving me and then like I mean luckily I ended up doing quite well in it and yeah from there I think that it was kind of just like a monster was created inside me (laughs) and what do you mean by that so like what's what's the appeal like what's keeping you what's keeping you doing it it's the it's honestly it's more the personal growth Mm -hmm. than it is anything else and like you know a lot of people are in it for the money and hey that's cool I personally I'm never going to be in it for the money because whatever the situation, like, I'm not going to say that I'm a a bad angler. I'm just going to say that, like, I don't enter them for the money because then that's just not a drive for me. It's Mm -hmm. the personal growth that I, I, I'm getting like this, this past winter, I did the KWT. Um, so it's like a three mini series and then they take your two best series of the three. And if you place a certain way, you get invited into the championship. And so, um, and this is a team event and we were back to like it was a live event so that you know like there's you're competing against other teams at this point and so Mm -hmm. that's like a whole new level of uh, anxiety and stress because you know you can see and you can hear people all over the lake because you're all competing on the same body of water Mm-hmm. And they're hooting and hollering and you're just like oh my goodness like <laughs> what's going on over there and like it's it's like a whole thing and it honestly pushed me further than I even thought I could go and there was many points where my partner and I looked at each other and were like 
we must be insane to be doing this because we were mm. there. I think there was three females total, but we were the only all female team. Right. And so all of these men, you know, they're used to, I'm not going to, oh, sorry, maybe they're not used to it, but they are more comfortable when it comes to snowmobiles and breakdowns and troubleshooting and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And this was the first winter in seven years of ice fishing that we haven't been able to drive our truck on the lake all, almost all winter. Right. The record snowfall created travel issues. And after the first series, there was no more truck travel. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, my partner and I were, oh no, sorry. It went two series before the trucks couldn't. And then the last series and the championship, there was none and we needed snowmobiles. And I had very minimally driven a snowmobile. I had never loaded or unloaded snowmobiles from trailers. Mm -hmm. I had never, you know, um, our, at one point our snowmobile froze, like the coil froze and we were having a hard time. Like we couldn't get it pull started. Um, so like all of these things, we issues that we ran into, we were just like, oh my goodness, what are we doing? But in the end, we ended up overcoming it and we got off the lake safely every time. And um, luckily once was because uh, after the tournament ended, somebody gave us a, a quick pull. But the other time, you know, we sorted it out ourselves and we... <laughs> We, we faced blizzard-like conditions um, where it was complete whiteout. We almost lost each other on the lake numerous times, just trying to get to a spot to fish. Um, it was like, nobody should have been out there. But mm -hmm. at the same time, when you pull up to the launch and all the teams are getting their gear ready and everybody's, you know, all the other guys are throwing jokes at each other and they're, you know, like they're all excited to see each other again. And it's just like, there's this, it's a feeling that I can't even describe at the moment. It's just like, it's so cool. And I think that's, the, and then when it's like, you know, the clock's ticking down to the start of the thing and you're like checking off, like, do I have what I need? Are we ready to go? And you're looking at each other and you're just like, you're both like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this. Let's do this. And do it's this. just like, <laughs> it just builds up in the anticipation of the whole thing. It's just, I don't know. It's like an adrenaline rush for me. So some people skydive so many people do those kind of things but there's just something about a tournament that just gets you in a way it just gets you right in the feels it does it really does like i you've gotten choked up you're just like oh my god this is so cool and especially when you catch a big fish in a tournament like mm -hmm. fishing and catching fish is awesome mm -hmm. it's a it's a great feeling but when you catch a fish in a tournament that you know will change your day right it's like over the moon like in the, in the championship of the icebreaker series, the Saturday, we completely just, we had a day. We couldn't keep anything worth any good points. We put up a very small bag. It wasn't looking good for us. And so we sat there Saturday night in the hotel room and we just said, you know what, forget it. If we, if we get top 10, that'll be a win for us. Let's just go out there and have fun. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. And we went out on Sunday and we had fun but everything went our way that day. Right. All the fish came into us. We caught, um, I caught a 30 inch walleye and you know, like then you're shaking at this point cause you can't lose the fish, but you know, right. it's a good fish <laughs> and like the anxiety and like the anticipation. And then when you see that head come through the hole and you're just like, Oh my God, like this has completely changed the whole game right now. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, 
an indescribable feeling like we, uh, once we finally got like you want to get the pictures done and you want to get the video done as quickly as possible to release the fish safely and then the fish is down the hole and I just broke down and I just started crying and I was just like oh my god like this this is big for us and then like not even five minutes later my partner caught a 27 inch and we were just like you could have heard us across the lake we were so excited and it, <laughs> it was just but you don't get that way when you're out just fishing with your buddies right mm-hmm. you're like oh that's a cool fish whatever but like when you get a game-changing fish in a tournament, you're just like over the moon ecstatic. Yeah. The emotion, so, like you're just jacked. It is. It's yeah. It's just like a whole other level Yeah, when it's, there's something on the line. Mm-hmm. Is that like, did you, when you were coming into tournament fishing or like when you're transitioning from like seasons, did, did you expect, did you expect that? Like was participating in tournaments and the level of adrenaline and energy and the feelings out there and just the the rules and everything is it what you expected it would be like not in the least i no. think i think the winter one i was what i expected um mm-hmm. just 10 times more just like emotional wise mm-hmm. um the winter was definitely challenging and every time we we met a challenge um we joked that we had you know unlocked a new level or made a new like achievement kind of thing right or like leveled up on this one because you know we figured out a problem and stuff like that but the summer one was like a whole other ball game um the the feel of you know 30 or 40 boats sitting on the water waiting for this horn to go off and then it's full throttle as soon as it does like I, the, the sound in my head is like, I'll never get, like, forget it because even there was three flights and we were the second flight. So as we were sitting at our spot on the lake, you could hear before you could see any of the boats, this like, you could hear the field coming down the lake and you're oh, just wow. like, oh my God, like it was vibrating. It was so, so neat to experience for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever forget it. And it's just, it's a whole new feeling and it's, it's fun. It's a good time. Right. That's, that's so cool. Do you, do you feel um, like there's a big difference between what we call like normal fishing and tournament fishing? And that could be like, obviously you know that there's an emotional difference. Did you fish different? Yes. A hundred percent. I did. Yeah. Um, in all in the winter and in the summer, I, I fished totally different. Like when you're out with your friends and you're just out there for fishing, you'll try a couple different lures. Maybe you'll move once or twice. But honestly, like if you don't catch people go days and you know, they'll be like, oh, got skunked again, got skunked mm-hmm. again. And like there's that. But like when you're tournament fishing, I've never learned so many new like fishing techniques before. Like I had never fished mm-hmm. with plastics really. And this weekend, the fish were happy hammering the plastics I had to adapt I had to learn how to use mm-hmm. them I'd never heard of like a bottom bouncer which is essentially like that L weight mm-hmm. and then you have like a spinner floating like we we don't troll when you're boat fishing you just go out on a boat and you're jigging right that's it but now you're you're changing your trolling you're you know you know bottom bouncing you're looking for different spots on maps and you, you you're constantly moving if you're not on the fish like you have to, you have to adapt. You can't just sit there and be like, ah, they're going to come to me when you're tournament fishing. That's not an option because everybody's out there hunting the same thing. And mm-hmm. so in the end, 
who comes who finds you know who finds the fish and so if you're not moving you're not finding and if you're not finding you're not winning so mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah, a it's that's... a it's a whole different feeling when you're out there because I don't know if it gives you more motivation to keep moving or what it is but yeah when when you're casually fishing I'm not gonna move all over the lake I'm just I just want to sit mm-hmm. here and enjoy it when you're mm-hmm. tournament fishing like I didn't get any sleep the first night for Friday because I was so anxious about Saturday, but I made, I was on adrenaline the whole day. I was like, okay, we got to move and we'd study our maps if we weren't catching and, you know, you're changing your lures and, you know, adapting your game plan as you go on the fly. And so, yeah, it's really neat because you learn so many more things. I've, I've learned so much more in tournament fishing than I have just like casually fishing. Just a quick little break in the podcast action to tell you about the plastics that Marie, her tournament partner Blake, as well as myself use. So we have teamed up with True North Baits out of Ontario to use their baits for this summer year and for our winter year. Um, True North Baits is a Canadian-made company and they are out of Ontario, as I said. So the owner is Jamie and his partner, Nikki, and they have been making really awesome plastics for us for the past couple of years. Now, I myself have been on the team for a couple of years, and I have been loving those plastic baits. So if you're at all interested in them, you can hop onto the internet and go to www.truenorthbaits.com, and you can use the code A. W, which is my initials, April Willis, AW22. And that will get you 10% off of your plastics order. Do you do you feel like there was like a big, I don't know, a big learning moment or something that like something that really, really sticks out to you that you learned that is just so important? Oh, that's a good or- question. Or even a few um, things. The first thing that I've learned when it comes to any kind of tournament fishing is make sure that your partner is somebody that you know you can depend on and rely on. Mm-hmm. So this is somebody that you're going to have to spend, you know, a minimum of 16 hours with, right? Throughout mm-hmm. a two-day event, maybe more if you're doing a pre-fish. Um, you have to listen to each other because everybody has valid points. Um it, it can't just be like a one-sided one person leading the team. That's like the part that I, I really figured out is having a, a good partner or somebody that you can trust and rely on is mm-hmm. like number one to me. And I've been so lucky so far that, you know, the people that I've teamed up with have been nothing short of exceptional. We mm-hmm. worked as teams. We never, you know, fought. We never got angry with each other because I've, I've heard other teams and I've seen other teams fall apart. And it just doesn't play out well for them in the end. And so I think number one for me, the biggest learning thing is like partner selection is the most important. Mm -hmm. And then from there, honestly, just, I'm not going to say don't take yourself so seriously, but just try to enjoy it because in the end, we're not all going to come in first, right? There can only be Mm -hmm. one first place. And so if you're not out there to actually like enjoy the sport at the same time, then Mm -hmm you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna have a lot of success either. Like you, you have right. to enjoy what you're doing. So 
you have to have like almost have to have that like switch right where it's like go 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 tournament need to win like motivation to win but that switch that is you know i am here to have fun and if i don't win like i've learned things and this was a good experience and you need to take it away that way and and, you know work through it a hundred percent yeah like i'm not saying don't take it seriously but i'm also don't Mm -hmm. take yourself too seriously like for sure yeah uh, for sure yeah um and this is so have all of the tournaments that you fished in so far have they all been walleye tournaments so far well no technically like the flinty that we did up north is considered like a it was a multi-species kind of derby mm-hmm. uh, besides that all the tournaments that i've done um other than that one are all walleye geared um because manitoba doesn't really have like your two options really are walleye and bass yeah and i don't know much about bass <laughs> Wait, would you ever dabble I, I mean, I could definitely be persuaded to, I'm willing to, honestly, at this point, I'm willing to try anything once, <laughs> right. um, but I don't think that I've ever targeted bass. So I don't know how full of a partner I'd be, but um, I think it'd definitely be a good time. They look like a, they, those tournaments look serious. They, I think they like, I think they would be a super fun experience. Like I think any tournament really would be right. You just got to I mean, if you don't know anything about bass, you'd have a lot of like learning and reading to do yeah. as opposed to the people who are super experienced at it. But I still think it would be, I love bass fishing and I think that would just be My so cousin only, only ever took us bass fishing once on Lake of the Woods a couple years ago before COVID and I caught a couple and it was fun. Don't get me wrong. They're a fun fish to catch, but mm-hmm. definitely like a, a tournament I'd want to, I'd want to try and get out and target them a little bit more before I, you know, got my toes into a tournament, but, uh, I wouldn't say that it's off the books and I wouldn't say it'll never happen. Right. I would just say that for now, maybe not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I feel like, um, I feel like your most recent partner, Blake there, he, he's done, I'm pretty sure he's done a few bass tournaments. I think he would, he'd be a good, he, uh, he definitely, good yeah, he's excited. I think he was invited to one coming up in Ontario and he was, I think, he was really surprised about the culture difference between the walleye tournaments and the bass tournaments because oh one of his first questions was is there like a banquet and i said yes saturday night um there is a dinner um after the day the first day and then Mm -hmm. sunday i think there's like an awards thing and he got really excited and i was kind of surprised how excited he was and then saturday night rolls around we're at the dinner we're eating and then they called it, you know, the 50-50 and the silent auction prizes. And then once it was done, everybody got up and left. And he was oh. like, what's going on? And I was like, well, everybody's going to bed, I'm assuming, getting ready for the next day. And he goes, oh, he's like at bass tournaments. He's like, it's like a huge party. Like oh. <laughs> after every night. And he goes, and not only that, he's like, there are fans like there's people there at weigh-ins mm. there's people there watching he's like it's not just the tournament people or the sorry the people participating in the tournament mm-hmm. you know like people come to watch these mm-hmm. and they stay and it's like a, yeah it's a big like social essentially after and I was like oh and so I think he was disappointed because I think he wanted to like hang out and have a good time with all these fishermen and talk fishing and stuff like that and then they all just packed up and went home oh <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, he was a little surprised. Gee, poor guy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I Blake's bad. pretty young, so he's you know he wants to. There's that too. Yeah, wants to socialize. <laughs> yeah. 
was excited and then it just didn't go his way. (laughs) You, you had mentioned that you were the only women's team in the one tournament and that there was one other lady. So there's only three of you there. Have you kind of, do you feel any negativity at all in the tournaments because you're a female in like a predominantly men's sort of world or have, have people of both sexes been like super supportive and stuff? I think it's, um, it's a mixture of both actually. So, um, like this past weekend on the, on the lake, there was many teams that consisted of a husband and wife or a boyfriend mm-hmm. and girlfriend. So that was really cool to see because up until this point, I hadn't seen that besides the one girl, um, this winter, I hadn't seen any female anglers into it. And so this past weekend was really great. Lots of support. Um, the men, you know, were like wishing me luck and all this stuff. And it was really, it was really nice. I will Mm -hmm. say that my first tournament ended, like I did well in it, but the emotional roller coaster that I went through at the end of that Mm -hmm. tournament, because I had caught um a winning fish was actually like devastating and it kind of ruined that tournament for me I had caught this beautiful 31 and a quarter inch walleye that put me in top place for the females and it was big fish for that day as well and so that had put me in some more money and five minutes after I updated the app with the fish and the video and all that stuff and I'm on cloud nine and I'm excited my friend gets a call and it was, I heard you caught that fish for your wife. Oh. And it was immediately taken away from me. Like, mm-hmm. it was just devastating to me because I had been working for weeks, finding that lake. And yeah, I had friends around me, but they weren't catching my, fi- like the work and the fish caught was on me. Mm-hmm. And so to have and that comment made, as soon as I catch this fish was devastating. And then like, even to this day, there's rumors going around that either my friend caught the fish or my husband had caught the fish and they gave me the fish. And that's why I won what I won. And, and we can't even get the rumor straight. We can't. You know I mean, no. like, like Nobody, and- you, you were there, you know exactly what happened. And all of these people need, they just have to put in their little comment and their thing. And if we're going to gossip, we can't even get our gossip straight. Exactly. Like, go away. And and the, the frustrating part of it, too, was I was fishing with a, a really large group, actually, at the mm-hmm. time, because we had we had been all over the lake, and I, you know, like, was, we were chasing teams, and we were, like, it was, like, such a fun morning. I remember all the fish caught, and we're chasing teams around the lake, and everybody was having a great time and then we teamed up with some other people who were also competing in the tournament and at this point like my friend was using his electronics and he they, they had gr- drilled this like grid essentially and all these guys were working this grid pattern um looking for fish and using like their live scopes and things like that and my flasher had died so I was off to the side just fishing by myself and I went to to jig my wrap and it was like a log was on the other end of the line. And I was just like, oh my goodness. And so like I reel up this fish and sure enough, it's this monster and like crying and I'm so excited. And like, it's funny because the person that took the fish out of the hole is a tournament director. So like, it's not like I, I was 
there with a bunch of people that, you know, like he's a, a reputable person in the fishing community as well. Mm-hmm. So then to have that call come in was devastating to me. I think I cried for quite a while when I got home that night because I was so devastated because I had earned it mm-hmm. and it was immediately taken away from me. Mm-hmm. Like the wind day, out of your sails. I, yeah. Like it just deflated me. And so even to this day, I, I hear the rumor and it's, like a fresh new wound and I think that's why I signed up for the next one and I didn't I purposefully did not choose my husband or my friend like any male friend to mm-hmm. compete with me because I didn't want that stereotype or okay. that assumption to be that you didn't even catch any fish I bet you mm-hmm. it was your partner and like my husband was devastated And in the end, he obviously came around and he is like one of my biggest supporters and I love him for all the support that he gives me. But in the beginning, the reason I signed up as an all-female team was to get away from the possibility Mm -hmm. of having the same thing happen. Right. It's amazing to me that, you know, that society, men, even other women and people that are even in the community who know us still will say those things. Yeah. It's, you know, and they, and lots of them, you know, we're, we're very active on social media and in forums and Facebook groups and stuff like that. And a lot of people around know you, they know me, they know, or they should know if they're not listening to bull gossip, they should know what kind of people we are, the integrity that we have and our honesty and things like that. But yet things like that still just somehow manage to pop up. Yeah, it's, it was, it was shocking to me when it happened. And then, and it, it, you know, it wasn't just men that were doing it. It's, you know, there was female anglers as well. And I, Mm -hmm. I was devastated and, you know, I'd always, I'm always a supporter of anybody, especially females in the outdoors um, online. Like I, I, I don't put myself against them. I don't compete against anybody else except myself. Mm -hmm. I only want to improve on my skills and on my knowledge and just try and go out there and do the best that I can and constantly grow. And I just, I was, yeah, it was devastating. It was, it was really crushing to me, but I feel like this past winter, I kind of, I kind of maybe clawed my way back from it a little bit um, Mm -hmm. in my own mind and stuff like that. Like I, I worked my tail off this winter. My partner did too. She was amazing. Um, And we really crushed it and I couldn't, be prouder of us and I can't wait for the next one now you guys had a very tough like the KWT that whole kind of whole tournament series like you guys had kind of there was something all the time and then you know like the big days that a lot of things went wrong and I I remember Melissa updating me and being like oh my gosh like this happened to Marie and she's like I hope that they can get through it and it was like everything that we had heard you guys just kept like getting through it and getting through it and getting through it. And then like you guys did, it was insane. Like we were (laughs) so excited. We were like, I cannot believe that these two girls went out there, had like everything go wrong and end up in that tournament where you guys did. It was amazing. Yeah. I, 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 there are so many things that happen. And like, it's so funny when you say that, because the first thing that comes to mind is like the fact that we were fishing some days in like 80 kilometers. Yes. and I remember we're trying to set up this ice fishing shack and I'm trying to get the drill to like um drill in that the pegs and it's not gripping for some reason and my poor partner is holding on to a strap on the shack 
like he's getting blown across the screen. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, like here we go. We're gonna do one of those YouTube videos. The two <laughs> girls are chasing this shack across a lake. But I mean, we got stuck up to our axles and we dug ourselves out. We didn't get pulls out. You know, like we we worked so beautifully as a team. And like I said, every time we faced a challenge, we were like leveling up. All right, next on to the next level. Like, what can we accomplish next? Like what's mm-hmm. gonna try and take us down this time? And like we just kept crushing it. And yeah, like we <clears throat> sorry, on the uh at the end of the championship there was like a dinner after. And so all we're like, oh, we'll go watch it and, you know, see how everybody did. Um, We knew that we had done well, but we didn't think that we had done as well as we had. And so all of a sudden we're like, okay, we're in the truck. We're getting ready to go. And we're like, anything top 10, top 50, top 10, top 10, we'll be happy with. That'll be like, that'll be like first place to us. And we're sitting in the truck and we get a text message from the tournament directors asking if we're going to be there. And I said, yeah, we're going to be there. And he's like, okay, great. Because you've placed, it wasn't top 10. He, I can't remember exactly the way he had worded it, but it were, he worded it to the point where we knew that we were higher than a top 10. Mm. And we looked at each other and like, we had a little freak out inside the truck before we went in so that we could stay cool and collected in front of everybody in the room. Because <laughs> again, we were like really the only, there was one other female angler. And so we were the only women in the room mm-hmm. who had uh, competed in this. And we ended up coming in um, oh my goodness, I think it was eighth, seventh or eighth. It was eight. I think it was eight. Yeah, I think it was eighth. Um, and it was just like, but we had one big fish, like we had gotten the big fish on the last day and stuff like that. And it was just like a surreal feeling. And that, that was a huge win for us. Like mm-hmm. uh, to come through three tournaments, qualify for the championship and then come in like top eight out of some amazing anglers in this province like Mm -hmm. the names of the people that competed in this tournament you know like we all look up to we we all you know talk to about fishing we all look to for like guidance and information and things like that so to compete against them and even place better than some of them was it was beyond amazing huge huge accomplishment huge yeah it was wicked yeah that's awesome um Marie, do you have, we'll, we'll cap it off here. Do you have any words of advice for other women who might want to get into tournament fishing, but maybe they're a little bit nervous or they don't know where to start? Give us, give us your wisdom. My wisdom. Um, honestly, I would just say sign up for one. That's the biggest step, honestly, is getting out of your own head and just signing up. Because once you're signed up, there's really no going back and you have to adapt and you have to overcome any, you know, issues that, uh, that arise. But the first thing is the most important and it's the signing up because it took me a really long time to tell myself that I could do it and that I would be able to keep up. And the second thing is don't let the fear of high end electronics and gear stop you from trying because Mm -hmm. you know the whole field is working with live imaging I don't own any Uh, the whole field you know not the whole field but a lot of the field are sponsored by some big companies and things like that and they're they're out there crushing the fish 24 7 a lot of them and you know what go out there and do what you can do and if you can only compete against yourself then you know you're only going to get better Mm -hmm. and it's it's just, it's a really good time. So I would say just 
sign up and get out of your own head and pick the partner. Partner is key when it comes to uh, when it comes to having success on any tournament. Right. Those. That's wonderful words of advice, and I completely agree. Like, just get out there and do it. Yeah, you just got to do it because you're never gonna know what you can actually do. Like again, I this past weekend I'd never driven a boat before, and I've never loaded a boat onto a trailer. But I did it because we had to, you know, somebody has to back in and somebody has to drive the boat and neither one of those are my strengths. So I learned how to drive the boat for a very minimal time and loaded it on a trailer. And I was a huge win to me there. So, you know, there's always going to be something that you're learning and it's a great feeling after you do it mm-hmm. to be like, holy, what was I so scared of? Like, this yeah. was, this was way easier than I thought it would be. I'm not saying right. it was easy, but it was easier than I thought it would be. Right. And that's something, you know, a new piece of knowledge that you have kind of in your back pocket for next time. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Marie, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with me. And I like, I cannot wait to hear about your next tournament adventures. Like I am so stoked for this. Oh, thank you so much for asking me to talk about it. I honestly, this was a lot of fun and just like kind of reliving these memories and these moments uh, of the past couple of years has been really awesome. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one. I think it's going to be uh, in September at the Hecla Open Water Tournament. So I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. Um, Marie, for anybody who wants to like follow you on social media, do you know your handles off like off your heart? Yeah. So on Instagram, you can find me at Marie Hutt, H-U-T 20. And uh, on Facebook, it's Marie Hutchison. So uh, awesome. Marie Hutt is also the same on TikTok, but I don't know if you want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> start, start. I'm just with, learning and I'm not very people. good. Be, be, be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> Got to start somewhere, right? Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, we'll talk soon.